G'day everyone, welcome to Ruin Hammer Season 3, Episode 13. And this will be our Round 3 review of the Warriors' tense victory over the Tigers in the first leg of the prestigious Mike Doreen Cup, as you guys know. Um, thank you for joining us for another episode and made possible by our wonderful Patreon subscribers. There it is, the Mike Doreen Cup. Yeah, big shout out to you guys who support us That's on it. Patreon. Uh, your awesome support enables us to upgrade our visual presentation via Restream as you want and bring you the content and the guests that you guys enjoy so much. Amo, how's it going, mate? I see you've got the trophy there displayed proudly. I do, mate. Yeah, I've got the trophy here. I, I need to get some um, streamers that we can hang off the handles and then, you know, we can rip off the the orange and black ones at the end of the season when, yep. we, win, when we actually win the comp. Um, but, yeah, mate, I'm doing good. Um, again, I just want to echo your thanks to our wonderful Patreon subscribers whose support allows us to do what we do, which is um, bring everyone the best Warriors content on social media platforms. And just a reminder again to everyone that's tuned in tonight, uh, the reason we do the show live is to get the involvement of those watching. So please, as we move through the various discussion points tonight, join the conversation, leave, leave your comments. Um, good evening to Christian. Good evening to my mum, who have both commented. Uh, mate, finally, a Warriors <laughs> win in season 2022. It was ugly, but uh, two points is two points, and I'd rather win ugly than lose pretty. How about you? Uh, yeah, mate. Uh, I Pretty much all you could say about it was that we walked away with the two points somehow. Oh, we'll, we'll get it. We'll, we'll get into it now. Um, we'll yeah. get into the nitty yeah. gritty and really dissect this one. So, as you said, mate, it was a 16-12 win over the Tigers out of Campbelltown. A rare win out there at Campbelltown, it must be said. Uh, so, Warriors 16, and there was tries to for the Warriors. Tries to Aitken and Pompey. And a good day with the boot for Reese Walsh, kicking four from four. Two all-important penalties there. The Tigers, 12, tries to Tamo and Musgrave, and Brooks kicking two from two. So we travelled to the, the down south to Campbelltown, uh, south of the Queensland border for the first time this year. And uh, obviously, as we said, the first leg of the Mike Doreen Cup. It has not been a happy hunting ground, Campbelltown, I must say. There has been some... Some real, we've copped some real touch-ups there. Uh, our last victory coming in 2007, that was a 28-16 win over the Tigers. I remember that one. Um, remember it well because Wade McKinnon got sent off <laughs> towards the end of that game. Um, mate, I mean, you've been to a, quite a few live games there and you would have witnessed some of those uh, touch-ups. I have indeed, mate. 50-6 uh, to six back in 2010. Uh 50 to 16 in 2015, 34-20. The Warriors were leading. Desco scored right on foam. And then there was the uh, 34th in 2019, uh, which I think was round two. So, yes, Campbelltown doesn't hold very many good memories for me. Um, unfortunately, this round can't work out. The SPM game in Sydney, it's a, it's a ridiculous time slot to get to uh, any games. Um and I wasn't able to get there. I, I, I watched it with my daughter, Katana, at home. She was running late from, from work with me. We, uh, As I said, the timing didn't work out. So um, I had to miss this, which was uh, quite fitting, isn't it? So I still haven't seen a, a win at Campbelltown live. <laughs> um, mate, the, uh, the Warriors went into this game unchanged squad named on Tuesday. The Tigers had a couple of changes. Uh, um, former Knight Stafford Toa named on the wing for 
Ken Mamalo, who was a late omission. Uh, Luke Garner moved into the centres for the injured James Roberts and uh, was named to replace the suspended Jackson Hastings. And then that moved Alex Seafarth back, uh, into the back. Yeah, mate, let's look at the main points of the game in a bit of a snapshot. So it was a pretty even start for both teams, completing sets and getting to their fifth tackle options. And uh, I think it was Warriors with the first momentum shift with a penalty and then a kick early in the tackle count from CHT forcing a goal line dropout. But as is the norm for the Warriors, when I'm unable to capitalise and build any kind of pressure without handling let, letting us down yet again, uh, this time Lodge with a bit of a case of the drop uh dropping a simple tap on from uh, yeah mate uh, pretty costly because that must from that mistake because the tigers then go 100 meters and score a pretty easy try with james tamo scoring uh, uh next to the post there was a mismatch on walsh who did his best to stop tamo grounding the mm. ball but it was uh, he wasn't able to um and then the first warriors try to UNA came from a cht kick that was uh batted back from hectic montoya on the wing there yeah, that's right. And the mid part of that first half is pretty evenly matched. Um, CHT with a poorly placed kick gifts the Tigers a seven tackle set. And from the ensuing set, the Tigers were unlucky. Uh, unlucky, we'll say unlucky not to have a possible try from a Leilua. Uh, from Leilua looked at at the bunker. It's amazing that with all the replays and all the everything we have in this day and age, they didn't even take a look at that one. Yeah, I thought it was a try. Um, when I watched it live, and then I've watched, believe it or not, I've actually watched the replay of the game three times. Um, oh, torture. The, the, more I, the, the more, <laughs> more I watch it, the more I think if it had got referred upstairs, it wouldn't have been. A, but um, isn't that why we have the technology? Like, why why was it not upstairs? It was if that was if that was the Warriors, we'd be blown up. That, oh, it's, um, it was way too close. Yeah, you, you had to have a look at it. I mean, yeah, he so said he thought he thought it was grounded on the, the uh, dead ball touching, ball, touching ball line. But yeah. surely, if it's that, if it's that close, you take a look at it. Absolutely, that's what the technology's for. Um, so that was a bad miss by them. And as I said, you know, if it was us, we'd be blown up. So the Tigers fans, I think, have every right to be upset. Not that it was going to be a water try, but um, it really deserves to be looked at. Well, we lost uh, Eli Katoa to an eye injury and Bailey Surinan got some game time earlier than we probably all expected. And uh, we we actually forced some Tigers errors through some of our defensive energy. So an intercept by Arthurs off a Luke uh, Brooks pass and then a few sets later, Montoya with a good shot on Garner forced the turnover in possession. And uh, Cody Nicarima with a nothing kick and Dane Laurie totally mistimed it. Adam Pompey... Uh, snatches it and runs away for an easy try, um, which gave us the lead, 12-6. <laughs> Brad's just chimed in saying, uh, good evening, Brad. How are you, mate? Uh, saying three times. Damn, I thought I had it rough watching the replay twice. Yeah, well, <laughs> mate, I'm a consummate professional. Isn't that what they call it? You know, I have to get my my uh, my, my my notes right for uh, presenting this. Uh, student of your craft. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm a student of my craft, so... I'm a, I'm a sucker for punishment, and I figured if I yeah. the more I watched it, the better it would get. Uh, no, it didn't. It was, uh, it was stay, uh, stayed the same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, mate. Um, Murray, he showed no confidence confidence under the high ball, and he made some really crucial handling errors in the back end of the game too. Um, we had some pretty good ball sets in the Tigers' half, but our attack lacked any real direction. Uh, we went lateral Ooh. left and lateral right with no real purpose, and, and then we just crashed it up the middle, hoping. That you know something happened, 
Um, fortunately for us, the Tigers are just as inept as we are and not as many poor choices and handling errors. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, <laughs> we got that ruck infringement penalty left to go in the first half and we opted to take the two points. Uh, personally, I would love to have seen us get the pressure on at that point. It wasn't a gimme kick either. It was no. out wide and we know Reese's hitting them well and he did slot it with with uh, Ine in the background, uh, willing it over. Yeah, <laughs> Ine and Lisa in the background there, or was it David Kidwell in a Warriors jersey? Is that what they said? It was David Kidwell in a Warriors jersey, they reckon. Yeah. <laughs> um, in hindsight, I know these two points they were crucial uh, to get in the victory, but it indicated perhaps that the boys weren't as confident of you know creating the scoring opportunities. You know, with both of the, our tries coming from kicks, so it was a little bit of a worrying sign there. Yeah, like you said, mate, in hindsight, those two points were the difference in the end or two of the four points. But, um, yeah, I'd love to see the boys back themselves, keep the pressure on and chase a possible six-point or, or, or a 12-point lead. Um, it makes you wonder whether if Sean Johnson's playing that game, whether they keep the pressure on uh, rather than opting for a kick. Um, make the Tigers then make a crucial break down their left edge after Pompey came out of the line and failed to staff, staff at Tower. And two plays later, the Tigers score under the post from a kick um, and out of the line leaves space for Gildart to race down the sideline and if he if his pass to Toa was a little bit better I guess go back to pack with tries luckily Toa had to do that pass and that gave Reese Walsh enough time to tackle Toa over the sideline in what looked like a really great uh, ball and all tackle only because he was running backwards and, and juggling but mate our right edge defence in that game uh, really struggling mate Oliver Gildart looked like the best centre in the NRL <laughs> We did. We made him look amazing, didn't we? Extremely worrying signs there. Uh, <laughs> we had more possession in that first half as well, but we had zero line, line breaks to the Tigers three and only three tackle breaks to Tigers 14. And there's a stat for you. The 18 missed tackles, uh, 18 missed tackles to us to the Tigers four was absolutely alarming stat. And the second half started with CHT trying his hand as a part-time actor. And uh, he's, he's the Academy Awards on this week, so I think he was just just getting in his his nomination very yeah. late than ever. And um, yeah, as the past couple of weeks, the the independent doctor in the bunker, he actually called for CHT to be removed for HIA. So a bit of a backfire there. But I, I don't know yeah. why players try these gamesmanship tactics. This one, as I said, backfired and left us without a playmaker for fifteen minutes. So yeah, not the greatest decision. No, I know gamesmanship is um, is part of, of the game now, but if you're going to gamble like that, you better be sure you're going to get a And this time we didn't. We, get, we got no penalty to play on, uh, and then he ended up having to go up for 15 minutes, um, you know, and, and sit on the sideline, which I think moved Bailey Sirenen into 5'8", and uh, Cody Nicker was stayed at half. I, I suppose the best thing that came out of that was that Jazz actually got in, injected into the game uh, after sitting on for 45 or 46 minutes, so... Um, but we did start to win a bit of the momentum battle. Uh, we started making some easy meters on our, on our sets, but mate, handling as first there was uh, Rocco Berry and then Nikarima just relieving the pressure uh, that had been built. Um, I thought when Jazz and, and Aaron Penne came on, they they brought a lot of energy and intensity. Uh, why Brownie waited so long to bring them into the contest? A bit confused. Yeah, look, mate, the past two weeks, those guys have been awesome off the bench. As you said, they bring they bring a lot of energy into the contest, especially Jazz. And Brownie's definitely confused us with his bench rotation last season, so it's, yeah, it's nothing new for us. Um, but the Tigers, they just 
they just were not able to capitalize on our mistakes and turn the ball over just as easily as we did, which was, you know, <laughs> the difference really. And you know, it we was. we got a we we got a penalty and and um, a good follow up set. We came close to scoring, and uh, Lodge he was held up over the line, and then Egan went close from dummy half. So there were still opportunities there. You're right about the mistakes, mate. I remember last year, um, Carlos, when, when Juan and I were, would go to the uh, talk about the Warriors Tigers games, and there was two of them. We played them twice last year, um, and he basically said it's the the least mistakes wins the game, and that's pretty much it's been for the past two years with Warriors Tigers. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> mate. Yeah, it's um the in a complete. Show of no confidence again. We take a penalty kick at goal when we're on the attack for the that third success. Um, and going from a two point lead to a four point lead for me is I know if they score a try, we're, we're still even yeah. up in the game, but yeah, I, I don't know why we don't choose to keep her on. Um, this was the period of the game where both CHT off the field that they can step up and he just continued to go missing. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, it was a baffling decision and. And it wasn't real clear who was in charge. He was calling the shots. It seemed like Reese Walsh wanted to go for the two. There was um, others wanted to go for the tap. So that was very confusing. And yeah, like a two and a four point lead. Yeah, there's there's no sense in upgrading a two to a four, in my opinion. But anyway, um, no, we, we were lucky. They even sent the cameras up to Brownie in the box, and Brownie's up there. He didn't know what the was going on. Yeah, it was it was just no, a bizarre scenario. No, it's like everyone was just like, oh, what do you reckon? Yeah. So it was like recently we just went, okay, well we'll just take the two. It's in front of the sticks. Is what it is. And anyway, it didn't uh didn't prove to be costly, I guess. But mm-hmm. um we speaking of costly for the Tigers, uh we were lucky that Dane Laurie couldn't grab couldn't get a clean grab on that Luke's Luke Brooks scrubber because that was a definite try that went begging there. Um, yep. we absolutely got a slice of luck there. Tigers in all sorts of trouble with players struggling to get back into the line, most notably uh, big Stefano, who was literally playing on one leg. And we just, we failed, amazingly, we failed to um, recognise this and isolate him. He was out on one wing, standing on one leg out on one wing. And I I just couldn't believe that we didn't just target that. And Aitken, he had a two-on-one with both Berry and Montoya on the injured um, Stefano, and he, he failed to pass. And then a poor fifth tackle option from Egan, that uh, one of the worst kicks I've seen, um, gives yeah. the Tigers easy possession and they literally go 100 metres and force a dropout. So we instantly just get punished for our mistakes. Absolutely. Um, I'll move on, mate. Just say a shout out to Ciala, uh, Mark Roberts, hey, uh, Dennis Danzo, Tane Ravelick, uh, Richie Sterling's joined us, Shims, I mentioned Brad. For Ty Randell, Anthony Peake, uh, all ending in the comment section there. So, hey, boys, thanks for, for joining awesome us. Awesome to have you, boys. Thanks very much. Appreciate your input. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, back to the game, mate. Yeah, our coherent attack at, at that point it was just non existent. Mm. Walsh was calling that left edge. He identified Uta Kamano, uh, and Egan kicked right from the dummy half. Mm. Um, should have been points, but instead it's 100 Meter set from the Tigers, and we're defending our own line. Um, 50 meter run from a Brooks kick uh, gets the ball away from it, which got the ball away from our goal line. And deep on the fumbles the ball into Matt after an 80 meter chase. Montoya is sin bin for holding down the player. 
can be said it was probably a, a crafty move by Montoya. Jumps up, jumped up, played the ball. Do they score? Yeah, well, I think so. In in hindsight, looking back at it, at the time I wasn't thinking that <laughs> when it happened. But just the lay, I was like, "What have you done?" And I think I messaged you straight away. Said, "There's the game." But yeah, there we go. Um, on, yep. <laughs> um, yeah, choosing to lay over Madden probably saved a certain four-pointer, as you said, for the Tigers. And we defended our line for 12 straight tackles, showing some great defensive resilience. Um, both teams, like, it was just a comedy of errors. Did you know about the Benny Hill music in the background? Uh, both teams just just diabolical. Uh, Warriors with a loose pass from Lodge when attacking the Tigers line. I still I still don't understand what went on there. Um, and then uh, yeah, and then a high shot from Egan um, just absolutely compounded the situation. That's another thing that we're struggling with is compounding our mistakes, and then they yeah. get a giving away penalty and marching them upfield. And not only do we miss out, but they're straight back on the attack again. So they we gave them all the chances in the world with five minutes remaining and. And Lodge um, had a crucial lost captain's challenge that could have gone either way. Obviously, though, it was more of a tactical decision because the boys were probably out on their feet, you know, with all that defensive work. So it was a bit of a time waste yep. employed to get some air in the lungs there, which I guess you could say did the trick. Yeah, I think so, mate. Um, amazingly, the Warriors hang on uh, uh, defensively, went down to 12 men. Uh, more so from the inept attack that's thrown at them and the choices in attack from the Tigers than, than anything else. Uh, although we did scramble quite well. Um, it was a tough watch and an ugly, ugly win. And as Richie Sterling said before, I'll take a, a ugly win rather than an aesthetically pleasing loss any day of the week. Yeah. Um, mate, yeah, let's go through a couple of discussion points from this game, though, because there are a few that we need to talk about. Yeah, let's look at these match stats and then we'll launch into a discussion around some of these key areas of our performance. Um, so, yeah, we've got the stats there. Fairly even across the board. Uh, possession, yep. 51% to 49%. Tigers completed 75 to our 72. Um, Tigers making about 200 more metres than us. Uh, Post-contact metres, not much in it. Line breaks, though, 4 to 1 to the Tigers. And 30 tackle breaks to our 10. Yep. Kick return meters. I think that was helped by Walshie's uh, big kick return there. Because yep. We had um, 223 to 138 um, tackles. Much of a muchness there. 349 to 321. Look at that. Missed tackles, though. Jeez. Our uh, Tigers yeah. missed 10. We missed 30. Um, yeah. uh, tackle efficiency. Tigers slightly better with 97% to our 91. 13 errors to 12, and that, that really did even up, as we said, at the, at the back end of that game. Um, and, yeah, pen, penalties conceded 9-7. With those errors, it was like who was trying to lose it more than rather who was trying to win it, it almost seemed like, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, that's what it is. I mean, the, 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 their error, like 13 errors to 12 errors, but it's that, that missed tackle stat that is just alarming. Oh, it's diabolical, really. Yeah. And we're playing anyone else other than the Tigers, and we get punished there for sure. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, let's look at our halves performance from this game. So, not ideal, but our third halves pairing in as many games. What did you think of the performance of our halves in that one? Um, yeah, third halves pairing in three weeks, and, and it shows. Uh, mate, not taking control or directing them around. 
Walsh did a lot of the general duties, uh, and it's great to have a fullback and or a hooker as a general play kicking option. It worked really well for Melbourne. They had Slater and mm. and Cam Smith that could do it as well as their halves uh, doing it as well. But you really want your halves doing the majority of the general play kicking. And if yes. you you look at that, like Cody only 101, he only had three kicks for 100, 191 metres. Um, and, and Chanel, seven kicks for 223. It, it's, it's what lacking with Johnson out. Um, Mark Roberts, we had a halves pairing. Yeah, they, they wore six and seven, mate. Um, yeah. yeah. Halves pairing on team list only. Interesting that we had success kicking to Nofaluma's wing with Montoya out jumping him for the eight can try, but we never went back to the air that side of the field again. In, instead, we, we chose to awesome. kick to Stafford Tower, who obviously like new to the team, um, but he was safe under the high ball. He was very safe all game. Yeah. Mate, my question to you is, with our misfiring halves um, and, and CHT coach Taylor not contracted past 2022, should the Warriors management look to try and get Luke Metcalf early from the Sharks? Now, he's played three New South Wales Cup games for the Jets so far this year, the Sharks feeder team, and his stats are pretty impressive. He's, he's averaging 205 kick metres. Uh, he's had three tries, three line breakers. He's averaging 70 metres. He's got one forced drop out. The thing for me is he scored five tries and he's kicked 17 from 22 goals. So, um, know the step up between NRL and New South Wales Cup is completely different. Um, but with nothing in the pipeline for next year, in, except for an aging Sean Johnson on the books, should we, and and you know, I mean, let's face it, Ash Taylor's probably only here for a one-year deal, and he'll he'll probably go to. Um, uh, the the Dolphins, I would expect, staying in Queensland. We know Cody yeah. doesn't. Cody want wants to, to stay in Queensland as well. He yeah, he's got family Queensland. here. He wants to stay here. He's been. He's made no secret of that. Uh, CHT. CHT. Yep. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we don't know. Say? We don't know what he's going to do. Like, there's there's been rumors. Or, we don't know what happened, but there's suggestions that he's asked for a release, or he didn't want to take up the Warriors' offer because he wanted to try and play for a new contract so so he's his situation is i guess kind of up in the air he's off contract as well um yeah. luke, luke metcalf did get a taste of nrl at the back end of last year and he looked pretty good in, yep. in a couple of games i think it was a big win that sharks had over the tigers he played quite well uh look i i think it's a no-brainer from personally and uh, get him in get him some nrl game time because he's going to be there for the next two years and where it looks like we could potentially be without three of our four halves that we have at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, Mark Roberts said, from what he's seen in the media from Cam George, they've tried, but Fitzy said no to an early release. Well, we need to try harder. Yeah, try. Like, we, we do. We need to try harder. Um, we, need to, we need to try and get this kid over the same way that they did with Reese Walsh last year. Just keep hounding it. I mean, he's not in their, in their, um, what, uh, their plans for this year that, He's leaving, so they're not going to be many first grade game time. Um, yeah, we, we, I, I think it'd be great, um, mate. But attack in general, uh, uh how, did, how did you see our attack, mate? It's it's a concern, big concern. It, it attacks, uh, the attack lacks any real structure. Um, our early sets were pretty much routine, but and not really showing any purpose. And we continued to go to the edges way too early in the sets. And Brownie has spoken about the attacking ground of footy that, that he, he wants the team to play. 
and um, both Curran and AFB used as um, ball playing forwards, and that's fine, but you can't do it every single set. No. And the, the Warriors, like we looked extremely rushed, disjointed, clunky, whatever you want to say. And I'm really liking that Wade Egan, he had, that he has developed his running game in the middle third of the field and, the, and um, in the Warriors sort of midfield sets. And it keeps the markers out there on their toes and it stops them and, and the uh, sort of the A and B defenders from shifting to our A and B runners. Um, again, Joshy Curran, uh, very busy, and he was looking to create opportunities with his footwork and his offload game. And he's he's our hardest working forward, and his shift from an edge to the middle has looks like it's really suited his game. It's agreed with him. Um, does he retain the 13 when Tahu comes back, or does Tahu force Curran to an edge? What do you think? Uh, retained in the middle um, in that 13, and Tahu used on an edge. I, I think Curran's defence and ball playing would be wasted edge. Um, I think Tahu can be far more dangerous running at a smaller half attracting two edge defenders and looking to release his outside center and wing. And he, he, he had a lot of success doing that at Melbourne. And he had a lot of success doing that when he first came to the Warriors. And it was only last year that they kind of moved him and played him in the middle. And he lacked a little bit of his that, that punch that he had in his attack. Uh, he put his float away. He just became more of a um, take it up the middle, hit it, you know, uh, and take tackle kind of guy. And I'd rather see him see us use his strength which is his offload game um defensively mate uh, uh, uh the past two weeks uh heck uh, montoya on the left edge has come under some serious attack from the fans but this week it was our right edge defense of arthurs and pompey that was found we mentioned it before and we'll go through the the game rundown oliver gilsing havoc out there running for over 200 meters and looking dangerous with every touch. Um, Montoya had come under some serious attack from uh, from fans for his defence decisions in previous week. But this week, both he and Barry, I thought, got it right. Montoya was some really great decisions to come in and take the time and space away from both Leilua and Garner, uh, who was playing in the centres, to to stop the Tigers' progression. How, how, how did you rate our, particularly on our edges? Uh, yeah, look, it did not fill me with any confidence. Um it, like as you mentioned, the <laughs> Pompey and Pompey and Arthur's side. I mean, even at the very end of the game, they almost got away with us. Um, before we got possession again, it was only a, a bad a bad pass that got us out of trouble. But they looked like carving us up down that way again. In the first half, two massive long runs from Oliver Gilder, making him look like the prince of centres. Um, yeah, w- we'll get we'll get schooled against even the half decent sides who are you know even better to exploit that kind of weakness so again is it we get we got away with it because we we're playing the tigers but yeah imagine if we did that against melbourne or you know some of the penrith some of the other top sides that would just um, take us to task absolutely yeah i spoke about it briefly before but um you know brownie's bench rotation is pretty puzzling this week um Interesting bench rotation this week. Aaron Panay and Jastavang are not used at all in the first half, which raised a few eyebrows. And both players have been pretty good in the first two games. Panay with good carries and some strong defence. And Jazz used as a both a middle forward and as a substitute hooker. And he's um, stiffening up our middle defence, straightening up our attack in the middle and just brings so much energy when he comes on. Like It looks, looks like things are happening when he's there and 
always looking for that little sneaky offload. Um, keeping Lodge on the park, though, when he was obviously struggling, I, I know he's probably lacking a bit of match fitness and um, Brownie wants him to get some minutes under his belt, but surely using him in effective, you know, 20-minute uh, spurts would be better. Yeah, mate. Um, mate, I was critical of rotation last season. That was my pet peeve all season. Uh, I went on about it all year. Um, and this season he'd been better. Uh, but he did give both Ben and, and, and Ciro very limited, limited game time in round one. Uh, ben Murdoch Masilo only played 17 minutes. And I know he's coming back from injury. Uh, I could see Nigel Phillips has just asked the question, what's the story with BMM? He, he was coming back from injury. We ran into him uh, or ran into him. We saw him at uh, training in the preseason. And, um, and the day we were there, it was his first actual um, yeah. running day, wasn't it? And that was the, yeah. that was like early February. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, that he actually, yeah, that he had a run uh, on on uh, since his operation. So he's come slowly. Um, he's been playing some minutes in the in the uh, Queensland Cup. Uh, him and Urch. but um, yeah, first round he only got seventeen minutes. This time, uh, Aaron Penne, I've got seventeen minutes there. I went back and checked. It was actually only twelve minutes. Um, mm. Now I, I did notice in the game that Aaron did clutch at his shoulder a couple of times uh, coming out of tackles. And I spoke to him yesterday, and he basically said that, yeah, just had a stinger, um, nothing too serious. He'll needle up, and he'll be right to go this week. Yep. Um, look, round two, I thought um, Brownie got it right, considering we lost Lodge after 20 minutes. I thought his bench rotation was better that week. But this week, just keeping Jazz and, and Aaron on the bench for five minutes, baffling considering what they bring when they're injected into the game. Um yeah, I, I don't know, mate. I, mm. I'm i not an NRL coach, not sitting up there in the box. Uh, obviously, the, the Eli Katoa injury to his eye changed things a little bit, but um, it was Sirenen that got a minutes there. Yep. Um, it was great for Bailey because uh, he was uh, used very sparingly in rounds one and two. So it, it's kind of interesting, isn't it, that the guy that they don't use in round one and two, he gets the more minutes in round three. And the guys that have been doing good in that uh, bench rotation in rounds one, one and two, well, they can sit on the bench this week and, and um, you know, warm the pine for a little bit. So, yeah, yeah. Um, um, th- there's well, our row comparison um, from the same game. Uh, and Bunty, you know, he only got 30 minutes. I thought Bunty was out there for a little bit. Um, but, yeah, it was, um, yeah, just, uh, uh, just baffling. The forward rotation is just baffling at the moment. What about the back row options? Do you think some serious consideration should be given to benching or maybe even dropping um, Eli Katoa? He's uh, just unfortunately just not producing the numbers that we need him to. No, Eli, Eli had a great 2020, didn't he? Um, mm. there's, there's no doubt he's struggling to get back to his 20 form. I know last year he carried a bit of a foot injury for most of the season. It was in and out, in and out. Uh, but with so many back row options, how long does Brownie persevere with him uh, in that back row before Siren and Penne, BMM, Merch are all given an opportunity? Um, yeah, you can see his his numbers aren't really that good. Like an edge back rower getting like no line breaks. He's, he explodes. Uh, he's only got like a tackle break in round two. He had three in, in round one, but one of those tackle breaks was when um, Johnson put him through a hole try. to score a try. Before that, he was pretty ordinary in that mm. game. Yeah, he um, was. Yeah, yeah, uh, mate. It all, also next week, you and Aitken has a knee, 
announced that he, he's been granted early release from his contract for family reasons, uh, not wanting to relocate to New Zealand, choosing instead to stay for family reasons. I thought he was quite strong for us on the weekend. Um, where do you see Ewan ending up? Yeah, it's an interesting question. And um, does he does he consider himself a back rower now, or does he still consider himself a centre? Because we know that it's um, Brownie's obviously been playing in the second row, but is the team looking for a centre or a second rower now? Where he ends up, mm. I'm not sure. They said he hasn't lined up any anything as yet. It is it is, uh, I guess, a little bit puzzling that he signed a contract with the Kiwi club, but then didn't want to move to New Zealand. No, and and listening listening to Brad and Richie uh, in the standoff tonight, um, who were in, uh, about an hour and a half before we come on, uh, the boys in New Zealand, uh, Brad was saying that it's been something that um, uh, he heard an interview with Craig Hodges, and Hodge was saying it's something that they've been working through with Ewan since he signed. Um, so it, it, it's kind of a weird one that this is something that's yeah. been in the background for the last two years, year and a half. Um, why players sign with the club called the New Zealand is that, you know, if COVID's not around, are based out of New Zealand and then a surprise when the team's going to head back and, oh, shit, I don't want to go there. I've got to get out of this. Con- I, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, it's strange. The other thing, though, is we've, we've got some uh, good cattle coming next year. We've got Murata Nia, who's uh, from Parramatta, who's, who's coming, who's a, who's a good edge back rower. And we've got Dylan Walker. Um, who, who can fill a number of different positions uh, at the moment at Manly he plays that 14 role um, could be a gift in the centres next year but I know we're talking 2023 and we need answers to put moment yeah oh for sure um, let's let's just take a quick look at the standout player performances from this round before we wrap it up so uh, AFB was solid again up front despite looking like he's carrying a little bit of an injury with his legs heavily strapped uh, Jazz Tavanga was solid coming off the bench, and he, as we said before, he really stiffened up that middle. Ewan Aitken was very solid on the edge and scored a good try there. Josh Curran, once again, one of our best on field. And our notorious player of the match was none other than Reese Walsh. Yep. Yeah, um, I thought Reese had a, a, a good game. Um, as I said, he had a, a lot of. Um, he, you know, two from two conversions, two from two. Is the only? I think he's one of the only comp that's uh, 100% success rate at the moment. He's kicked seven from seven. Um, 155 run meters, two tackle breaks, a line break. He looked dangerous every time he touched the ball. Uh, and it's it's a matter of time before some of those combinations start working with him. Um, so yeah, so Reese gets our our three points this week. Josh Curran got points, and we gave you and Aitken one point, uh, which has our. our Victorious player of the season, Josh Curran out in front with eight. Adam Fanua Blake on four. Reese Walsh on three. And then we've got Ewan Aitken and Chanel Harris Pavita all on one point. So, um, mate, let's go around the ground at what happened in the NRL this week. Um, yeah, mate, let's go, let's go and check out some of the other games we played. This was multicultural round in both the NRL and the NRLW. Um, it seemed as though this was a rush thought because there wasn't much publicity about it until a week out. Only a few clubs with a jersey design in honour of the round. So uh, maybe that's something that's going to take off in future years. Who knows? But, yeah, multicultural round it was. And to kick yep. things off on Thursday night down there at Wynn Stadium, some very ordinary conditions out there. 
Um, it was a huge win to the Sharks, 36 to 12 over the Dragons. Um, Sharks tries to Katoa, Ikevalu, Talakai, Ramian, Hamlin Ueli, and Nico Hines. Hines kicking six from seven. And for the Dragons, 12, Bird and Goshevsky tries. Lomax, two from two. Uh, yes, yeah, I said awful conditions. Um, second second week in a row, Jaden Sewer spending some time in the sin bin. The Sharks took full advantage and they posted some points. They looked quite good. They, were, they looked very fluent, flying the ball, throwing the ball around in wet conditions and, and still scoring a lot of points. And yeah. they are looking like a um, like a real dark horse this year, I think, already. I know it's just round yeah, three, but right. they that was a very impressive performance considering the conditions. Um, yep. Just back to Jaden Sewer. He's fast getting a reputation. Um, and that's all it takes for the refs to give you a bit of extra focus, uh, a la our mate, the wild man, Jack Hetherington. Um, <laughs> some some awesome scramble defence from the Sharks. Very impressive. They even held out Ravalar or something we couldn't do in round one. And 18-0 uh, no. lead. Sharks did, uh, the Dragons, sorry, did get on the board early in the second half. But Nico Hines, outstanding, directing the Sharks around the park. Um, they were the Sharks, they were reduced to 11 men to finish the game with Ramian sent to the Simbin and then for feeder as well. And Dragons got some consolation points, but as I said before, they're looking impressive. The Sharks already, uh, yeah, they are, mate. They, they certainly are. First game on Friday night was the uh, Diabolical Warriors tie game, which we've just gone through. The second, we're not, not going to review it again. We don't, we've reviewed no. it once. <laughs> The uh, the rabbits versus the roosters and rabbits bouncing back to form twenty eight um, over the roosters sixteen rabbits Johnston Walker Colin uh Latrell Mitchell Mitchell kicking four from five and uh, for the roosters Tedesco Manu two puts Walker two from three goals um, mate South finally found some form jumped out to an early twelve nil lead and they really looked like they were playing with con confidence and they really took it to the roosters in this one um, all the South guns Cam Murray Cody Walker Damien Latrell Mitchell, they all stood up. Um, the speed of the play in this game made that Tigers with Warriors game look an under-12s match, didn't um, <laughs> Just the spin the skill was just ridiculous in comparison. Um, I thought in a losing team, Joey Money was outstanding with his touches. He, he's, he is undoubtedly the best centre in the game, although the Warriors did try to make uh, Oliver Gildart um, the best centre in the game. Um, but Money's controlled the game well with 54 possession, 84 completion rate. Uh, defensively, the Rabbits shut the Roosters out of the game in the forward battle. An area was a usually strong. Um, hopefully, the Rabbits have un unlocked their shackles because when they're firing, they are a great team to watch. And they'll definitely need to back this Friday against the Panthers. The, the one out of this game is I got a multi up because I had a <laughs> anytime try score multi with Tedesco, Manu, Tupu, Mitchell, and Alex Johnson in a multi. So, yeah, that, that was just good. slotted it. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. Uh, silly question along the line. Who actually pays for Warriors, accommodations, etc. since they've been in Oz? Players chip in or do circumstance do NRL cover it? So for the past two seasons, the NRL have uh, basically covered it because the Warriors are based here under duress to keep the competition running. The Warriors made the choice back in October last year to relocate to Redcliffe for this season so that the players' partners and families and so forth could uh, make the necessary accommodations that they need to with work and daycare and stuff like that. And part of that edit from the Warriors was that the guys had to go out and find their own accommodation. So they're not going to be living in holiday accommodation. So we know a couple of boys up there have bought houses, some are renting, uh, some are sharing accommodations with other. But yeah, it is out of their own pockets 
uh, for this season. Mm. So hope that ain't a question. Yeah, good question though. Yeah, great. Uh, moving on to the first game on Saturday, and we had the Panthers up against the Knights. Very entertaining game this one. Panthers yep. getting away to a thirty-eight to twenty win. Panthers thirty-eight. Uh, tre- uh, treble to May on debut. Uh, uh, Targo with the double. Crichton and Staines with tries. Crichton five from eight to the Knights twenty. Young Hoy best and Tuala tries. Clifford two from four. Panthers again taking a home game to Bathurst, but they were under strength with a, a host of uh, first choice players uh, unavailable for this game. So a bunch of inexperienced guys coming into positions um, with guys like Naden, Burton, and Capewell. So that backup that they previously had no longer at the club. Um, the Knights were without Ponga for another week. So the sex toy, he got taken out of the box and he got a run at fullback in, in Ponga's absence. <laughs> Um, the, yeah, it was a, it was the Knights' first big test for the season, as we said last week. They'll they'll find out sort of how they're travelling when they come up against the Panthers, and they they fared pretty well against them. Injury affected Panthers early. Uh, they led six four in the back end of the first half. Newcastle reduced to twelve men when an absolute brain explosion from Mitch Barnett uh, elbows Chris Smith in the head in the backfield. I, I don't know what he was thinking. The old rush of blood to the head. And, yeah, he was Gornski's. He was given his marching orders. And it didn't take the Panthers long to capitalise on the extra player. Um, and, um, yeah, Taylor May getting his second try just before half time. That's the second time uh, – this, sorry, the second half, the Panthers just controlled the field position and wore away the Knights and just ground them down. They took a full advantage of the, the extra man. It just caught up with the Knights, and they were able to pile on some points. They did get a few late tries to sort of – Blow the score out a little bit. Uh, the Knights they did they didn't give up and they played for, um, playing forty five minutes with twelve against the reigning premiers. Uh, Tex Hoy played a big second half and he actually kept them in the contest. Mm. They earned some respect definitely for their toughness in this one, but again the Panthers just too good and um, yeah Taylor May uh, great effort for him to get a hat trick in his second NRL game and. Yeah, Panthers outside backs continue to be impressive, and Mitch Barnett a lengthy stint on the sidelines. Yeah, he cops to, uh, taken straight to the judiciary. Cop six weeks. I don't know. I think he might have got more. Mm. Um, like if Chris Smith was running the ball and he got hit. Yeah, I could. Th- I could think six. He he had he was not involved in the play, and, and um, yeah, uh, that that elbow was clear to his jaw. I, I thought he deserved to get takes. Um, it is what it is. Uh, but, yeah, as you said, mate, the Knights really earned some respect. They played 45 minutes against the Premiers with only 12 mm. men um, and went down by 18. So, yeah, it's um, it was it was a good performance by the Knights. But, yeah, the Panthers just are too good. Yeah. Um, what was that? That was Saturday, wasn't it? The next game was the Storm and the uh, Eels. What a, another cracking game of footy. Awesome game. Yeah. Uh, the Storm. The Storm, 2022, Brandon Smith, uh, Joe Dirt, Pappenhausen tries, Joe Dirt, Pappenhausen four from four. Uh, the Eels, 28. Uh, Stone Cold, uh, or what is it? Ray Stone Cold, Steve Austin. Ray Stone Cold, Steve Cold, yeah. Ray Austin. <laughs> two tries. Uh, the King Gutho, a try. Uh, two tries for the two beers. Tries. Yeah. Mitch <laughs> uh, Moses, four from four. Um, mate. Storm lost Xavier Coates before kickoff. He was replaced by Nick McLuhan for them. Was the hectic cheese Brandon Smith back from a broken hand after only missing one round? 
Um, oh. Mate, this game had all the intensity you expect from two of the competition heavyweights. Both to great attacking vision. The Storm creating many second-phase play opportunities with offloads from their been leading to their first try. Um, the Eels with Reed Martin, Dylan Brown probing for the Eels and working the Storm forwards leading to their first try. I thought Para showed great defensive resilience with Melbourne having uh, 21 tackles on the Eels line in the opening 30 minutes, but only managing the one try. Absolute crack of a game, tied up at 24-all and bugging a shot at a one-point victory before full-time. Um, only fitting that this game was taken. Uh, neither team really deserved to walk away without any. Uh, but the Eels win it with a try to Ray Stone, chase Mitch Moses' field goal, attempting golden point extra time. Kick ricocheting off the upright. Uh, and Stone Cold picking up the ball to score. The interesting thing for me is um, that was the first time. Normally, when someone goes for a field goal, ends and watches on both teams. Mm. That was the first time I've actually seen a guy chase through the kick, and this is it, what happens. It uh, would have brought a tear to Ray Price's eye, wouldn't it? Oh, I would have, mate. It would have. Yeah, I, I, I've got to say, uh, Stone yeah. Cold, um, Stone yeah, Cold, mate, Ray Stone, uh, getting a double. He did his ACL score on the match-winning try. As, as Richie said uh, earlier in the sh- in their show, is that's that's the way to do it. That's the way to go out. If you got to do an ACL, you do it scoring a match winning try and a and a Bon Jovi style blaze of glory. <laughs> it's like a mic drop, isn't it? Hey, yeah. just mic dropped, just mic dropped and walked off for the. He's done. His I don't run. normally I don't normally do my ACL, but when I do, it's scoring a match winning try against the Storm in Melbourne. There you go. That's a mic yeah. drop. <laughs> Yeah. So um. Yeah. So the next time we'll see him, he'll be wearing a Dolphins jersey. Signed yeah, of course. The, uh, that's right. Yeah. Signed to the Dolphins next year. Because yeah. Ray Stone says so. Yeah. Okay. Moving, moving on. Another, another very entertaining game followed this one, and this was the Raiders twenty-four Absolutely. overcoming a massive twenty-two nil deficit to beat the Titans twenty-two. Uh, Raiders twenty-four. Tomoko with a double. Valame, Chris, and Nickel Clockster with tries. And Schneider, two from five to the Titans, 22. Sami, Kelly, Fermore, Fasua Ma'ali, the tries. Sexy Sexton with three to four. Can I just say, like, it's just refreshing to know that it's not just us that do this kind of thing. So let this be a yeah. record. <laughs> that there has been another team that's coughed up a big lead. Uh, uh, Raiders looking like a team that was absolutely misfiring, struggling to find any confidence in that first half. The Titans were way better completing their sets putting the Raiders under pressure. Four tries for a 22-4 lead in the first half and um, off the back of some great possession stats. Canberra only completing 40% in the first half, 21 missed tackles, and the score was no real surprise. Uh, crucially, though, they did get that try right on half time, which could have been a bit of a momentum swinger um, to Sammy Bellame, which gave it was 22-4 at half time and a much better start to that second half with the Raiders of Starling. He, he came into his own in that second half there. Just lifted the intensity. Uh, much improved completion rate from the Raiders in the second half. Three tries in 12 minutes got them right back into the contest. And the pressure was was uh, firmly back on the young Titans team. All the momentum in that second half, as I said, uh, Tom Starling, Jack White, and had massive games. And um, an amazing effort to come from 22-0 down to hit 24-22 lead. Four minutes left to play. And how about that hit on, from Semi Valame on Brimson at the end of the game was like a punctuation mark on the comeback. Uh, equals the biggest comeback in Raiders history. But that was like, was that Steve Matai out there or uh, Matt Rua yeah, or good one of these guys? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jay Harris is saying that young Tomoko was a beast as well. Yeah. Was, he's, yeah. He's, he's built a young Ruben Wicking. 
um, playing in the centres there at uh, at Canberra. Uh, and Ricky Stewart does have big wraps on him. They had wraps on him last year, and he got a couple of games last year. Um, so yeah, he, he yeah he was outstanding for them. Uh, there was a comment there that I to see. Um, oh, Jack O'Hare says, uh, was it him? Sorry, someone was asking. Oh, Braden Kendall. Hey, Mark, Robert Mark, what do you reckon the score is going to be in the Warriors Broncos game? Uh, we're going to get to that. <laughs> Yeah, my, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Who <laughs> knows? It's, it's hard honestly, to say, can't yeah. it. it's hard to say, you know. Yeah, can't say, you know. It is hard to say. Um, the first game on Sunday, mate, um, the Broncos Ooh. hosting the Cowboys there at Suncorp Stadium. The Cowboys, 38. Uh, Nanai, 3. Neem, Holmes, Dearden, tries. Holmes, 7 from 7 goals. Farnworth, uh, 2 tries. Uh, Raybolds, it should say Reynolds, uh, two from two goals for their twelve. Um, first Queensland season twenty twenty two. The last time the Cowboys and the Broncos played a Sunday game was the twenty fifteen grill, and we all know what happened in that. Uh, traditionally, regards of travelling during the season and where they're sitting on the competition ladder, they're always a, a really competitive, um, close kind of game, and. Um, the Cowboys on the back of an almost perfect completion rate really troubled the Broncos with their attack. Uh, going in for a 14-6 halftime lead. The battle of the centres, Sags and Farmworth, Hickel and Holmes. It was a great battle. Um, Tamalolo in the first half had the better of the contest up against Payne Haas. Um, JT started to find that form. They had him as one of the best um, in the game a few seasons back. Uh, and it was great. They... Uh, uh, Toddy Payton came out and basically they were going to put him back on, but they didn't need to. So, you know, they save him for next week. Uh, I think he played 53 minutes cheers, this week. Cheers, Toddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, Valentine Holmes made his best game ever in a Cowboys jersey. Uh, the, move, the move to centres has really unlocked his potential. Uh, he doesn't have that pre- He's got to feel like he's got to create stuff when he's playing uh, in the one jersey. Um, the young Cowboys forwards in uh, the young Kiwi boy Griffin Neem, Jeremiah Nanai, Hilam Luki, uh, massive for the Cowboys with their energy and intensity. Um, picking up a hat trick in just his seventh game of NRL, and it was playing playing like a seasoned professional. Um, the the Cowboys could smell blood in the water um, with it. They were attacking Brisbane with their defence. They showed good line speed and energy to force the Broncos back into their own go- in goal on three separate occasions in that second half. Uh, uh, mate, Cowboys, real surprise pack. The competition after three rounds, um, yeah, they were they were absolutely sensational. Maybe the Broncos don't like playing daytime footy; they're so used to playing Friday night. I think it which is. Yeah, it's just daylight. Works in our favour for this week, yeah. eh? Hey? Absolutely. So what's this daylight? Oh. <laughs> Need to come out with shades. Um, wrapping up the round, we had uh, Manly versus the Bulldogs out at the New Look Brookvale Oval. And it was a 13-12 win to the Seagulls to get them off the mark. Trebojevic and Garrick with tries. Garrick two from two. And Cherry Evans kicking a field goal, which he loves to do. Thankfully, not against us this time. Uh, the Bulldogs 12. Wakeman Burns tries. Burton two from four. Trent Barrett returning to Brookvale for the first time since leaving amid those controversial comments back in 2020. And I heard them saying on the radio, I wonder if they've got the plastic chairs in the, in the coach's box ready for him. <laughs> Um, uh, we had Bulldogs had a change to the halves. Jake ever? Oh, he's dropped out. 
up. Okay, so the Bulldogs had a change in the halves. Jake Everillo dropped and was a new face in the halves. The Bulldogs, uh, he's back. Oh, back, sorry. Um, Bulldogs first post points in torrential conditions. Manly pushed the pass early in poor conditions. Came up with an early error resulting in the Bulldogs getting an early try against the run of play. Um, the Bulldogs really identified Jason Saab as a bit of a weakness in, in this one, mate, under the high ball. Mm. Um, and it worked well for them. They isolated him, uh, forced him into errors. Uh, uh, Burton's kicking game, putting the Seagulls back three under with, with every bomb. He's got that really weird uh, bomb that he puts up that, that gets so much air. And um, they, they the back three find it very hard to handle. Um, but yeah, Manly were unlikely leaders at halftime after a beautiful cutout ball from Foran finds Garrick in the left wing. Pretty down second half though, mate. Uh, the conditions were poor. Um, the only points were a Matt Burton penalty goal to all the scores at 12-12 with six minutes to play. And then as true to uh, Manly were first to try a field goal with DC's first temp charge down, but his second attempt found the mark uh, slot in his 24th goal of his career. I think he's kicked 23 of them against the Warriors. I was just going to say, <laughs> he's kicked at least half of those against us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Bulldogs brave in defeat. Um, and although um, and Manly, although getting their first win of the season, they're far from the Christian heavyweights they were last season. And you saw that uh, post-match press uh, and Jake Travojevic was just so relieved that they got a win. Yeah. Um, so, mate, yeah, let's have a look at the ladder. Yep. If you want to go to this, mate. Yeah, the Knights and the Cowboys, obviously the real surprise packets of the opening rounds of the season. Um, our Warriors at least making moves in the right direction. And the Tigers, the only yep. team to be Owen. Um, yes. Yep. Owen. <laughs> Owen, Owen three. three yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, let's hope that we can add to that this week. But, um, yeah, uh, yeah, as we said, the Surprise packets, the Cowboys, Sharks, and the Knights probably much higher than most people would have thought. And they're rounding out the top eight yeah, the Storm, Eels, Raiders, and Broncos. Only three rounds in, though, mate. You, you get yeah. a better feel once we, yeah, once we get to like round eight, round nine, you can kind of get a feel for where everyone's sitting. Um, mm. Heading into that magic round type uh, scenario. So, with a couple of uh, Games that we thought were going to be pretty uh, winnable games before the season. So we've got the Broncos and then the um, yeah. Cowboys. And then we go into a period where the, the Roosters, the Storm, um, the Raiders, the Sharks and the Rabbitohs. So we've got, we've got a bit of a hard run coming up. Mm. Uh, we need we really to need in. to start finding. Yep. Absolutely. Well, mate, it's that time of the night. It is. It's time for Bruce Rant. Let's get into it now. This one, this one, uh, this week is going to be very much tongue in cheek, uh, Bruce Rant okay. this week. So, I just want to have a bit of a rant about the kickoff time for Friday night's game. Like five, so <laughs> obviously six o'clock kickoff is bad enough. But when you have got daylight savings in Queensland, it kicks off at five p.m. So obviously, being a father with young children, that's right in the middle of um, dinner time, bath time, bedtime. So I'm very lucky that my uh, lovely wife gives grants me uh, a bit of a, a leave to go and watch the game. But I am one of the worst people to watch a game on TV with because I just yeah. don't like talking. I just don't like to talk or I don't like people talking to me. The lovely children come out to me and saying, Daddy, can you can we do some colouring in? Can we play some Lego? I'm like, 
I'd love to. Just 17 minutes to go in this game. <laughs> I'm sitting there clinging to a nervous four-point lead. Um, yeah, like these five o'clock kickoffs on a Friday night are killing me. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's <laughs> getting the win. And as I said, being the, being the Nostradamus that I am in predicting a nervous four-point win, there was a lot of pacing going around in the living room. As soon as it was over, I was right back into dad mode. And then it was straight back into bedtime. Uh, dinner time, bedtime, bath time, and all that sort of thing. But geez, these five o'clock kickoffs. Luckily, daylight saving ends this weekend because six yep. o'clock is bad enough, mate. Yeah. Well, I, I know what you're talking about, mate, because I um I uh I keep booking flights head to head to Queensland to watch a game, and I keep thinking that it's I, I booking flights on New South Wales time and forgetting that um. Yeah. Uh, it's uh yeah Queensland time that I'm going up there for the game. So a couple of times I've been a bit wary, but yeah. After Jack, this, Jacko, worry, mate. Jacko Harry's got no sympathy for me. Don't care, Rue. It's eight PM kickoff in in the homeland. NZ suits me fine. <laughs> <All right>. nice. <laughs> awesome. Nice. <laughs> yes, mate. Uh, second of our weekly segment, Hammer's hot topic. What do you want to discuss this week, mate? Mate, well. Mine's a little bit. I had a bit of a rant last week about. Uh, I've actually had a rant the past two weeks. Um, so, again, I'm going to go a bit lighthearted this week. Um, and following on from our victory against the Tigers in the first leg of the the Mike Doreen Cup, it got me thinking about other shields, plates, trophies that we could be playing against uh, when we play other NRL teams, um, like the uh, the Mike Doreen Cup named after the great man himself uh, in honour of the first warrior who left the club to link with the Sydney Tigers back then. Uh, and there has been 25 players who have played for both the Warriors and the Tigers. Uh, it's a pretty illustrious list of players, but Mike was the first. So in honour of the hard-working outside back slash plasterer that is MD25, uh, we have the Mike Doreen Cup when we versed the Tigers. But we could be playing for imaginary silverware every week and imaginary <laughs> cabinet with imaginary award full of imaginary awards. Um, and we can have some serious ups signing some of the great dual club players. So, you know, if we play the the uh, the Bulldogs, you know, we could have the Steve Price Shield. Um, Absolutely. When we, yeah. play the, when we play the Raiders, we could have the Ruben Wiki Cup. Um, but we can have a bit of fun with it too. Uh, so I've come up with a couple of, of uh, suggestions for each team. And I'd really love uh, you guys, the, the listeners, to to get involved with this. I've come up with a couple for each team. So some of them just name themselves with an argument, like the Old Man Elliot Cup for when we play St. George. <laughs> uh, you get you don't you don't get a trophy or a cup at the end of it. You get a, a, a cup of cocoa with a marshmallow on top, uh, some Werther's Originals, and, uh, and some slippers. Pipe and slippers, um, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I went through like this. We've had some illustrious that have played. Like for the Broncos, you could have someone like Brent Tate, yep. or you could go the other way and go down and Kemp. Yep. Um, you know, Cowboys would be the Toddy Payton. Uh, uh, the Eel could have the Big Turks. The Big Turks. Yep. Absolutely. Um, go to one one game warrior, four game Eel, Danny Sullivan <laughs> for the Danny Sullivan Shield. Um, we've also got Justin Morgan or Filetti Matteo in honor of. Um, of Brad Inga for the Nine Jesse Royal Cup. Yes. Um, yeah, this one especially for you, Brad. <laughs> yeah. For the Panthers, it would be the Ivory Shield or the Ivan Cleary Cup. Yeah. 
for the Rabbitohs, we'd have Isaac Luke, um, the Luke Shield, or we could go the other way, uh, five-game warrior Manoa Thompson. Um, <laughs> and, and for Roosters, we've had some great players come across from the Roosters. We'd have like, uh, we've got Roger Tuovasa-Shek, or we've had we've had John Salmon, <laughs> who's played for the Roosters. But it'd have to be uh, the fast outside back him straight Todd Skinny Burn. Um, stuck on stuck so on a treadmill. <laughs> Bradinga, bin the Royal Cup. Uh, mate. We're gonna get that, we're gonna get that made up for you, mate. Um, yeah, I reckon the locker room would get around the Kempy Cup. They probably would too, yeah. not realizing it's a piss take. Um, for the for the Sea Eagles, uh, uh, obviously, eh? And, um, <laughs> yes. For the storm, for the storm, you could have Stephen Kearney, uh, a great player at the storm, coached the Warriors, played for the Warriors. Yeah. Um, for the Titans, you got guys like Clinton Torpy, Conrad, Nathan Friend, uh, David Miles. Um, but the one that I think has to get named uh, is for the Sharks. Um, I was going to go with the Missy Twyla Papa Cup, um, <laughs> but I've decided to go with my all-time favourite <coughs> player. Uh, I think about this guy as highly as this guy is, does uh, Jesse Royal, and that would be the John O'Reilly. <laughs> so, <laughs> let, uh, let me let me know if you guys come up with any more. Um, obviously, it's, it's a bit of a piss take. Yeah, it's good uh, to have a bit yeah, of fun with it. Yeah, it is. It is, mate. It is. Um, let's get oh, into uh, team, list, team list for this week. There it is. You want to take us through? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, fullback, Reese Walsh on the wings, Adam Pompey and Marcelo Montoya in the centres, Jesse Arthurs and Rocco Berry. Halves named uh, Chanel Harris Tavita and Cody Nicarima, but watch this space. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, yep. AFB, Egan and Matt Lodge in the front row, Aiken and Cartola in the centres, Josh Curran at lock. On the interchange bench, we've got Jazz, Bunty, Aaron Pane, and great to see the merchandise back in there, back on the shelf, the merchandise. Um, yes. Extended bench is where it gets interesting, guys. So we've got Tanya Otokolo, Ben Murdoch-Masilla, Pride pedersen Rabadi. Uh, we've got Vailangi Kepu, Junior Rituba, number 24, Sean Johnson, and number 25, Ed Cozy. Um. Mate, I would expect that if Sean Johnson is past fit, he will play uh, for the reason that he would have been named. Uh, and if he plays, I think Cody just drops straight out of that um, that seven-man squad. Um, yeah, uh, uh, mate, we need him to play. I, I hope he plays. We need him to play. Yeah. Um, the rest of the team probably picks itself, I guess. Uh, still no uh, Vili Valea. Still Still no um, Tani Zelezniak. Um, I smell Pridey getting a crack soon too, bro. He's going very, very well, and I think he's very, very unlucky that he hasn't uh, uh, had his NRL. Uh, I think it's coming very soon. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm happy to see the merch. I think the merch gives us a lot of um, uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? A change of dynamic, I guess, coming off the bench. Bit of, bit of versatility uh, um, as well. That's looking for versatility. And I, I said at the beginning of the year, the merch could even play in the centre. He started as a centre. He played junior reps as a centre. Uh, it wasn't that he played New South Wales schoolboys that he um, that they shifted him to the back row. So yeah. he can play centre. He, he might 
he might be a better option in the centres than what's happening at the moment in regards to, especially defensively. Mm. Um, but yeah, watch his space for Johnson. Uh, yeah, Murchie should have been in before Sirenen. Uh I do want to go back. Um, I think Mark Roberts has a winner there. Uh, friends, uh, we'd be calling it the Fing Friend Cup. Uh, I like that one. In honour of Nathan Friend, the, uh, yeah, the flipping hooker right. from that wonderful try that he set up. Yeah, I do like yeah, that one. Flipping Friend, that's a good one. Yeah. Nice yeah. One. Um, but uh, apart from that, mate, I don't think there's any other massive changes um, no. to the team. Uh, massive unexpected unexpected changes to that team. Um, we'll get the come, upcoming games. Uh, you want to start yeah. off? Right, That's with the it. Tigers yeah, Thursday Titans. night. Uh, Tiger, Titans versus Tigers. Titans, Jermaine Asaka, who was a surprise signing for them, um, named at fullback for his Titans debut. Corey Thompson back on the wing. Jaden Campbell and Philip Sami, the players replaced. Interesting. Um, for the Tigers, uh, Ken Mamalo back on the wing. Stafford Toa drops back to the extended bench. Jock Madden retains that number six jersey. Uh, Jackson Hastings still out with suspension. Kelma Tuilangi returns in the back row. And Luke Garner moving back to the bench. It's got to be a big Titans win. It does. Oh, and I, I, expect, I expect the Tigers to be better. Uh, but I think at home, the Titans will run away with this one. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, James Roberts comes back. Back, um, you know, uh, Kelma Tuolagi, who's a good back row, he's, he's back in that side. But, mate, yeah, I, I'm picking a Titans win, but David Fafita really needs to up his game. Um, it's been anonymous, hasn't it? Mate, I didn't realise that he played 80 minutes last week. I thought he'd been mm. off. You know, um, yeah, I mean, you know, a million dollar price tag on him. We talk about the million dollar players all the time. Are they worth their money? He really needs to step up and start, you know. I mean, if the Titans are having like 30 sets small, you'd expect Fafita to have uh, 30 touches of the ball in that game. He should be touching the ball, you know, once in a set. He shouldn't be for the ball to come to him on an yeah. edge. He should go looking for it, doing something in the middle for his uh, for his uh, forward mates. Um, he's involved. been a little bit disappointed. Yeah. yeah. But I'm tipping him to, to maybe step up this week. Uh, back at home, the Titans at Seabus Super Stadium. Super, so, super Stadium. I'm going to say um, Titans 13 plus. I think it's going to be a, a big, big win. Mm-hmm. Um, the first of the Friday night games. Friday night, two cracking games of footy. The Sharks versus the Knights. Uh, for the Sharks, CSC uh, Talakai moves to the centres for the injured Connor Tracy, who's succumbed to his HIA. Uh, Prejack turns on the wing. Matt Ikevalu drops off the squad. He's back in the shop this week. And Teague Wilton returns from suspension into the back row. Um, Kalen Pong has been named at fullback, uh, but he'll obviously have to pass a fitness test for the Knights. He's been missing the past two weeks. Brody Jones, the man neck, named in the back row for the suspended Mitch Barnett. Uh, Jira Mamasia, what a name, Jira Mamasia. He's named Jira on the Mamasia. bench, and Tuatu too named on the bench as well. Um, mate, this could go anyway. Uh, I've tipped the Sharks 1-12. to So am I. Uh, Dane Gag has been great. Uh, for the for the uh, for the Knights in his three games at the Knights, I think Clifford and Clune have been the real surprise packet. Uh, their halves combination is is going nicely. Um, for the for the Sharkies, yeah, Nico Hines is just playing outstanding. Um, I, I'll, I'll tip I'll tip the the Sharks one to twelve on the back of their 
interchange bench. Uh, Aiden Tolman playing his 300th game this week too. So yeah, well, big effort. Congratulations yeah. to him. Yeah, uh, they got McInnes, they got Fafita, and they got Trindle off that bench. It's a nice looking. Um, yep. So yeah. My tip's I, I agree. I think the Sharks will have just a little bit too much here. It's home game for them as well, so I might give them the slight edge. Um, yeah. Moving on to the main game, the second game on Friday night, we've got the Panthers up against the Rabbits, another cracking game, as you said. For the Panthers, they welcome back the Cyborg. Nathan Cleary himself is back in the halves. Liam Martin and James Fisher-Harris, both named on the extended bench, and if passed, you would expect them both to play. For the Bunnies, no changes to their side that beat the Roosters last week, and Blake Taft was named on the extended bench. I still think I think the Panthers are going to continue to march on, and I expect them to get the win here to um, repeat the result of the grand final. A fairly close victory, I would say, though. Yeah, for me, tipping the Panthers in this one, um, but the issue will be Nathan Cleary. Uh, no Sean O'Sullivan on the bench, no Sean O'Sullivan on the extended bench um so interesting that uh if the, the rabbits are going to run some some traffic at that chalier uh and see if he can handle it. and if if he doesn't pull up uh, well out of this game it could get ugly for the panthers with jamin salmon uh, the only got to play in the halves and yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm tipping I'm tipping the panthers and I'm hoping uh, cyborg gets through unscathed uh but we'll, we will, yeah, we'll have uh, Saturday. Moving on to Saturday, first game on Saturday at uh, Morton Daly Stadium, the Warriors' first home game of yeah, 20- baby. Uh, Warriors versus um, for the Warriors. Jack Murchie is the change to the Warriors 17 from last week. Bailey Sirinan out with COVID. Sean Johnson named on the bench, as we said, on the extended bench, and if fit, will definitely play. No changes to the Broncos side, beaten convincingly by the Cowboys last week. It was an interesting one. Um, mate, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Warriors 13-plus in this one. Uh, the Broncos don't know how to play daytime footy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be too early on a clock on a Sunday, Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to say Warriors 13-plus. Hey, Betting mate. with my heart, not my head. It's got to be nothing other than a nervous four-point victory. We know that. Jacko, we know that the Warriors' home is Mount Smart, but this is their home for the home games for the uh, first part of the mate. So Home away from home. You yeah, guys will home get away back from home. Uh, yeah. before you know They'll be home soon, mate. They'll be home yep. soon. Okay. Moving to the second game on Super Saturday, we have the Sea Eagles versus the Raiders. Another great game. Um, the Sea Eagles, Andrew Davey named in the run-on side, Ethan Bullymore dropping back to the bench, and Josh Aloi uh, named on the extended bench. Raiders, no change to the side that came back from the 22-point deficit last week. Ryan Sutton and Xavier Savage both named on the extended bench. Um, yeah, this is this is a tough one to pick. I'm going to I'm gonna say the Sea Eagles will build off that one point win like they did last year against us. And I think they'll be big improvers. I think the Sea Eagles can get away with this one in a close one, one to twelve. I'm tipping the Raiders, mate. Um, I, I, I've I, there's no uh, I make no secret of the fact that I'm a massive fan of the Raiders pack. Uh, Whitehead, Harold Renora, Hudson Young, Tarpanay, Pee, Starling. I love that pack. Um, Adam Elliott has been great for them coming off the bench this year. Jordan Rapana adds a, another. Um, 
dimension to their attack now that he's back from his suspension. Um, I think Manly is uh, trying to find their feet. Uh, the one-point win will do them well, but I, I, I'm, I'm tipping the Raiders 1-12. to 12. Okay. Uh, the last game on Saturday, another game of footy, the Cowboys versus the Roosters. The high-flying Cowboys versus the um, clipped-winged Roosters. <laughs> uh, no changes to the, the uh, high-flying Cowboys side sitting in the top four. Um, Jermaine Tanoa brown and Drinkwater biding their time on an extended bench. Um, no changes to the Roosters 13 with Nat Butcher retaining his starting spot and Lord Farquhar himself and Brighton named on the interchange bench. Uh, Daniel Saluka for feeder. He's named on the interchange bench for Fletcher Baker. Uh, Joseph Suwali still not named on the extended bench. He's biting his New South Wales Cup. I, I can't believe I'm going to say this. The Cowboys at home, 1-12. to 12. Uh I was swaying with this one. I I, th- I still think the Roosters um, have a little bit too much strike power for the Cowboys, and if they they get it together, I think they'll be able to come away with a narrow victory up there. One to twelve Roosters, yes. So okay. on Sunday, Storm versus the Bulldogs, and Storm Xavier Coates returns on the wing for the Storm. Harry Grant returns from his covert exile, and the Hectic Cheese uh, named at fourteen. And for the Doggies, Braden Burns on the wing, Aaron Shoup named in the centres, Brandon Wakem retains the halfback spot, Jake Avarillo, Jade Nockenbore, and Kyle Flanagan all named on the extended bench. Um, I think that the Storm will have a bit of a field day here. 13 plus. Yeah. Yeah, I think Josh Adokar is going to look across the side of the field and, and think, what if, um, why did I do this? Why am I here? That guy's wearing my jersey. Um, I want to come home. Uh, yeah, uh, mate, I, I expect Brandon Smith to start. I think Josh King will drop back to the interchange bench. Um, Kenny Bromwich has been great for the, the for the Storm. Uh, that that spine of uh, Joe Dirt, Cameron Munster, Jerome Hughes and Harry Grant. Um, some, and I think, yeah, the Bulldogs are going out. They've been brave, the Bulldogs, in their three games yeah, this year. Yeah. Um, you know, they've only had, uh, what, a couple of points put on them each game, but... Um, yeah, I think I'll think they'll be found out. I'm tipping the big one for the storm. Yeah. And the last of the round is the Eels versus the Dragons. The Eels, no changes to the 13 that beat the Storm last week. Uh, the only change is Ryan Madison returns from injury, replacing last week's hero, uh, Ray Stone Cold on the bench. <laughs> Bryce Cartwright also on the bench for her his first game of 2022. Um, for the Dragons, Matt Figo in the wing for the injured Cody Ramsey. Moses Umbai retains the Umbai retains the, the nine jersey. Uh, interesting stat about Moses in his whole whole career, uh, while wearing the nine jersey, he has never won an NRL game. Is that so, right? Uh, never won an NRL game yeah. at nine. That's amazing. The, at the Bulldogs, at the Tigers, he's never won an NRL game wearing a nine the nine on his back. Did he play um, nine in the twenty fourteen grand final? I think he did, didn't he? Yeah, because Ennis was suspended. He did. Mm. Anyway. Yes, he did. Um, Jack Kajewski earns himself a starting back row spot, pushing the bed bug Jack DeBellin back to the bench. Um, Aaron Woods returns from injury. He's named on the bench. Um, I've, I've tipped the Eels 1-12, to 12, but I think it's be 13+. plus. Um, I was just going to say, I think the Eels 13+. plus. The Dragons, after getting off to that hot start against us, kind of been found out a little bit. So, and the Eels are looking quite strong. 
and yeah. the, the confidence that they'll take away from beating Melbourne in Melbourne will be yeah. um, enormous. I think so too. Yeah, guys, don't forget our live shows coming up, upcoming live chats and events in 2022. So every Tuesday, we've got an NRLW breakdown. Um, next week will be our semi-final review and our grand final preview. And every Wednesday, our Warriors review. And next week will be our round four review. Of course, we'll continue to make those connections with the former players to bring you more of those interviews that you guys really enjoy. And keep an eye out on our events page and Facebook for any uh, fan pregame meetups. So there's going to be a pre-game meet-up uh, for this Saturday's game at Redcliffe, and we'll be at Dolphins Leagues Club there, and that will be starting from about 12 o'clock, I believe. Uh, yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, round 10, Magic Round fan meet-up at the Lord Alfred Hotel. You won't want to miss this. Uh, at 12 p.m. on Saturday, 14th of May, special guests, Warrior number 76, Mark Tukey, Warrior 86, Kevin Campion, and Warrior 127, Grant Ravelli, have been confirmed starters so far, hoping that we might be able to entice a few more of our former legends to come along, but we'll keep you posted on that. Absolutely. And uh, just a reminder uh, that we are on Patreon. It's our membership subscription support platform uh, that enables you guys, our followers, to show your support of us and the content we provide uh, by signing up for a monthly subscription. Any fan meetups from Mount Smart Games this year? Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure there will be, mate. Um, haven't heard anything. We won't be at the first uh, Mount Smart game. We're kind of allowing. We've been we've been lucky enough to be at you know a lot of games over the past two and a half, three going into three years now, with the Warriors being based here. So you know um, that's something for the new fa- New Zealand fans. We don't want to take tickets away from New Zealand fans. We are hoping to come across for the last game of the season against the Titans. Um, but I have been speaking to the Mad Butcher and then there may be for that first game against the Tigers, the Butcher's Lounge may be reopening for that um, one, that uh, special occasion. So um, let people know uh, what's going on with that. Um, but I'm sure there'll be some New Zealand fans that'll be organising uh, speed-ups, most definitely. Um, but yeah, we are on Patreon, guys. Um, it supports multiple tier levels to suit all budgets. Uh, but for now, we've just got our bronze tier up and running. Yeah, that's right. And you can head to our Patreon page. The link is there on the page. And you can show your support and subscribe to our bronze tier, which is set the lowest amount possible. That's just $3 a month, which is next to nothing. And we've also partnered with Torius Screen Print to reduce a range of merchandise for us, which will be available soon. So they've produced our Steve Price shirts. And while I think of it, I've just picked up all our Steve Price shirts for all you guys that have ordered them. So thanks very much for for you guys and we'll be getting in touch with you to get your addresses to get them sent out to you as soon as possible um that's our Torius merchandise um so keep an eye out for some more items that we'll be releasing soon and there will be some uh some items of merchandise that will be strictly for patreon when we work out our new patreon packages and that will only be available from our silver gold diamond and platinum subscribers uh, once those tiers are available on patreon absolutely and uh, we just want to thank our um, bronze tier subscribers, uh, Daniel Delore, Peregrine Falconer, Sean Kurzweil, Fabian Maroa, Stevie Williams, Christian Catley, Alf Tualave, TK Harris, Ted Clark, Inamete, Lisa Marie Bateman, Ken Wills, Nigel Phillips, Kane Fraser, Jermaine Downs, Malcolm Earnshaw, and Dennis Danzo. Uh, we thank you guys very, very much. Yes, yeah, so I'd just like to echo that. Thank you so much for your support. 
Um, guys, don't forget, if you do miss any of our live shows, you can catch up on our Facebook page by going to our video section, or you can go to our YouTube channel to catch up there. Um, the easiest way to find any of our content, though, is to go to our link tree. Uh, the link is there on the screen there as well. And um, that will be direct links to all of our live guest interviews and special presentations. And don't forget when you're on YouTube to subscribe to our channel so you never miss any of our stream content. It doesn't cost a thing, you know. And speaking of YouTube, I'm going to be uh, hopefully getting my first episode of Rue Remembers um, done tomorrow morning. And hopefully that will be uh, up at some point tomorrow. And that will be talking about my journey to becoming a rugby league and a Warriors fan. And I'll also be uh, remembering our very first game, March 10, 1995. So if you're a bit nostalgic, tune into that. Absolutely. Uh, if you're a podcast fan, you can catch all our episodes on the podcast platforms. Um, we make sure make sure you subscribe to us there. We upload our episodes so that they're there ready to listen to on Thursday morning. So you guys can... Um... One question, boys. What was your guys' Supercoach scores for round three? Oh, mate. Seriously, <laughs> I'll tell you now. I'll tell you. Last year, last year in Supercoach, I averaged like 1,100 um every week i i i was going so good um this year not so super my super, mate i got i got 881 and i'm averaging 845 it is i am having a shocking year because i bought guys that are normally good super coach earners um like cody walker um i, I took the plunge and i had uh, Tommy Trevojevic for the first two rounds. I got rid of him. So I sold him, bought him at a million, 1.2 million. I sold him at 1.2 million and bought in Tedesco and he didn't do much better. Mm. Uh, I do have Nico Hines though. So he's he's been the saving grace. But yeah, awful. Supercoach is awful this ah, year. Just Absolutely frightening awful. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that's it for tonight's show, mate. Yeah, that's it, mate. Uh, yeah, thanks. Thank you to all you guys who continue to watch and support Ruin Hammer. It's very much appreciated. Great to have a lot of uh, activity in the chat window there. And thank you guys for contributing to the conversation. That's what it's all about. Uh, we love nothing more than talking footy. We're just a couple of fans Absolutely. talking footy with all you guys. So thanks again. If you if you had the game at Redcliffe on um, on Saturday or if you're at the meetup beforehand at Dolphins League Club, Come and say hello to us. Uh, as Rob said, we're just two Warriors fans that, that, you know, do this, you know, just for the sake of, um, you know, putting some content out there for, for Warriors fans to, to watch and follow. Um, so, yeah, if, if you're up there at the game, come and say hello. Um, can't miss us. We're two ugly guys. We'll probably be sitting at the, at the front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome, guys. Well, thanks, thanks very much again for joining us. And we will... If we don't see you at the game on Saturday, we will see you next Tuesday and then next Wednesday for our shows. But in the meantime, stay safe, everyone, and go the Warriors. Go the Warriors. Yeah.